Success stories and interviews with game changers and thought leaders who have overcome both in life and in business. Welcome to Vertical Momentum. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Vertical Momentum. I am your host, Richard Kaufman, also known as the Comeback Coach. Guys, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm so grateful to have this gentleman to come and hang out. Uh, when I first met him at the Military Influencer Conference in D.C., I had zero followers. I had zero minutes of people watching videos. And I actually have the notes in front of me from when I sat in front of him and he taught me how to use certain think tools in social media. So, Dennis, I want to welcome you to the show, my brother. I'm so grateful and humbled to have you. How are you doing? Good, Richard. Greetings. It's been a while since Military Influencer Conference. I can't wait till we can get back together again. Yeah, 2019. And I was just reading over my notes. I have like all the written, everything you taught that day. Wow. Can you take a picture of it or share to make a 15 second video about it? Uh, Definitely. I'll I'll definitely, uh, I can definitely do that. Um, And without you, and honestly, you're saying this without that day, um, I would not be where I am today. That is incredible. Without your, proud of you. Uh, but, you know, and I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of people in that room and I don't know how many people actually took it to heart, but mm-hmm. I took it home and like, all right, all right, I got to start doing this stuff. And and it's worked out so far. I think we're, we're, we're actually doing pretty good. So how about you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. There's nothing better than hanging out with other people that want to change the world. Our mission is to create a million jobs. And the last. I was in San Diego at Traffic and Conversion Summit, and we got a deal done with Vendasta, which is the largest white label agency platform. I spent time with Mark DeGrasse, the new president of Digital Marketer, our friend Dave Roganmesser, who runs Jarvis. I played a round of golf with him in Austin. I was in Austin a couple of days ago. I was in Dallas yesterday. And it's just so cool. Like when things when things happen, you know, it, it, it just brings energy together. And some bad things have happened in the world in the last year or two. And there's a lot of people that are complaining and they're struggling and they're rioting and doing things like that. But I found in the midst of that, Richard, that while everyone else is freaking out, there's a few people that really, you know, the light shines brighter when it's darker outside. And the last six months have been absolutely incredible for me because of the people that I've been able to connect with who believe in this mission of creating jobs, jobs in the Philippines and Pakistan, in the U.S. for account managers young adults with Jake Paul, we're learning how to use video. It has been a realization of my dream that I've been working on for 30 years that I didn't think would happen for another 10 years, but because of the pandemic, things have really accelerated. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, I, I was just, I don't, I think I was just talking to somebody. I think it was a post I did in, in the tribe that, um, yeah. you know, now, you know, according to our friend Gary, you know, like audio is becoming king. And so yeah. and video and audio are becoming king. You know, a lot of people are sleeping on TikTok, but mm-hmm. unfortunately, when you have Kentucky Fried Chicken putting half their budget into TikTok, there's mm-hmm. a reason. Yeah, you got to be where they're at. You know, and like you know, Gary says, you know, you you have to go where the attention's at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people are missing the boat on the attention. So first of all, I want to get a little bit of background. Where are you from? Where were you born and raised? And what kind of little boy was Dennis? Huh? I'm an ABC, which is an American-born Chinese. And I was born in Dayton, Ohio, but I lived all over the place. My parents moved around from San Diego to L.A. to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And I've gone to boarding school on the East Coast. I did undergrad in Dallas at Southern Methodist University. Then I studied at the London School of Economics in London, which is where people ask where that is. And then spent my career in Silicon Valley, working at Yahoo starting just over 20 years ago. Now, you know, I love about, you know, um, especially, you know, the Chinese, um, my, my, my family, they're from Italy. It, to where them, it, it wasn't more school, it was more working in the trades. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one thing that your parents really must have really pushed upon you was your education and learning, correct? Oh, yeah. Just like the stereotype. And we had Chinese school on Saturday. So if you know Chinese kids and Chinese families, 
they don't take a whole weekend off. So they go to regular school five days a week. Then in the afternoon, they'll do studying or tutoring. And on Saturday, you have a half day of Chinese school. So it was just built into us that we needed to succeed. And because of that, I rebelled against that a bit. You know, I didn't want to be the piano, violin playing Chinese kid who only did math. I wanted to be an athlete. I wanted to be cool. I wanted to do sports. I wanted to do non-Asian stereotype kinds of things. So I was lucky to, to do a bit of both. And I still had the advantage of being good at math. So I traveled to math competitions and things like that. So what was your, you know, besides school, uh, what was your passion? You know, like for me growing up, you know, what my passion was reading. I, I love mm -hmm. to read. I'm still a voracious reader. I've still got five or six books going at all times. What yeah. was your, you know, your go-to when you were feeling down at or depressed at all? What was your go-to? I'd go outside. I loved to ride my mountain bike, exploring. I was a latchkey kid. So I would ride all around the neighborhood. I grew up in Palos Verdes, California, which is this peninsula just outside of LA. And it, it's 20 miles to be able to drive all the way around our city. It was a drive that's basically a square, and that's what I did. And I found that the more stress I had, the more I could work out. And some of my friends, you know, they go work out every day, and like that's their relief or that's their identity, and that's part of the routine. And for me, it was a great way to clear my head because I'd love to be outside, and I loved going on the different trails with my mountain bike that regular humans couldn't get to very easily. And it just felt very special for me to be able to do that. And I, that's how I picked up cross country. And I started doing things like running marathons because I loved being outside. Now I play golf, right? Because I can't run marathons anymore. So are you a scratch golfer or what? <laughs> I like to say that I get the best deal of anyone on the golf course because I get to see parts of the course that no one else sees. And my cost per stroke is lower than everyone else. <laughs> there you go. You know, and a lot of people don't realize, you know, because I, I, I lived in Myrtle Beach at one time. And I think okay. that thousand golf courses how much business yeah. gets done on golf courses it's it's stupid you know no, a lot of people don't yeah. realize but for me you know we're going to we'll talk about this later it's about mm -hmm. relationships mm -hmm. you know and i think everything is about relationships so now when yeah. you went to college what was your major i studied finance as undergrad because i wanted to extend what i knew about math and i was interested in what things cost and what people are paid and why is there a difference and you know why are pilots paid a lot more than garbage men and it's not because of supply and demand so finance made a lot of sense for me and i happened to build websites back then over 30 years ago and it's just interesting to see the amount of data that would come through and what site sites drove sales and what things would cost in these different sorts of marketplaces so finance prepared me unknowingly as a younger adult to be able to deal with things like Facebook ads today and TikTok advertising and other sorts of platforms where there's a ton of math and you got to figure out what things cost and how to get traffic to it. Yep. And we're definitely going to talk about that. So now, you know, if you're a numbers guy, you know, a, mm -hmm. a lot, social media, anything is numbers pretty much. Mm -hmm. So now how did you get the social media? Where, where did that come into play? And what was just what were some of the things that when you first started, what was it like beginning? Nobody, nobody even knew what the World Wide Web was for a while. Yeah. Well, back back. Then, <laughs> mm, 32 plus years ago, we were doing freaking, which is spelled with a PH. And it was bulletin boards where we would dial into these phone lines. And if you remember, that's when people did things like phone sex or, you know, live chat on the weekends. Yeah, and so that's how people would connect. Chat, you could connect with pre-recorded messages. And, you know, obviously porn is going to be the first in every one of these sorts of categories as new technology rolls out. But I could create my own bulletin board and people could come and visit. And this is before websites. And then there was dial-up and you had CompuServe, AOL, Prodigy, all those guys. And it was all text. And building web pages based on just text was basically writing essays and books. And later we had images, and I thought that was amazing. And so it, it made a lot of sense after I was working at American Airlines where I helped the interactive marketing and things like that. Now, this is 
25 plus years ago. So it's not like modern websites today. It was just brochures. So it was very simple to put up these websites. There wasn't a lot of interactivity. I learned that we could sell tickets on the internet, which I know nowadays is not a big deal because there's a lot of software that makes it easy. But back then, collecting someone's credit card was a real big deal. So we built American Airlines to be from initially just an information site, a brochure about, you know, here's our fleet and here's the shareholders earning reports and other information to actually let's look at flights from LaGuardia to DFW on Monday, right? You could see prices, you could check your miles, you could all that required connections between different systems. They had to talk to each other. So we, in Tulsa is where we had Sabre, where we had the real-time booking system, all the flight availability. We had Adams, which is the customer database, frequent flyer programs, how many miles you have, all that. And then we have the connection to the backbone of the internet, Metropolitan West and Metropolitan East. And then we had our own booking engine, which managed basically what you saw on the website. And so all those pieces had to tie together. And because I was a database and data kind of guy, I learned programming that way. And it was site from brand new to a million dollars a day in sales to $3 million a day in sales. I knew it wasn't me. It was because people were going to go on the internet anyway to buy tickets. But hey, you know, why not go to A.com? And then I can show the stats on how we did. And that naturally led me to social media because I've gravitated towards wherever there's the most data. So prior to social media, the largest data out there outside of the federal government, which listens to everything, of course. No, the no way. Get out of here. <laughs> Let's be real, right? Yeah. yeah, all this stuff. Every word you say, of course. For sure. They've been capturing that for the last 20 plus years. This is not some new thing. This is not something to be afraid of. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Yep. Yeah. Search engines actually had them had more data because people were starting to use Yahoo and Google and AOL Instant Messenger and all these sorts of tools, which then set the platform for social media. Because without yeah, without websites, there couldn't have been search engines, right? Because search engines have to thing like a library has to have books in order for a library to exist. And then the social networks are a layer on top of search, right? Because un unless there's information, unless there's websites, unless there's, to use the analogy, like buildings, you can't have people in there. So it was a natural transition to move from Yahoo to start doing social media stuff and connecting with people and speaking. And thus I found myself today in 2021, dealing with lots of data from the social networks, of which the up and coming one is TikTok, as you mentioned, but Twitter collects a lot of data. They all collect LinkedIn. They all collect a ton of data. Now, like I said, you know, I was nowhere when I went to Mick in 2019. Mm -hmm. I was just starting into my foray, into my my journey. And I'm still a baby in this, obviously. Um, but, you know, some of the things that you taught me, and I wanted—I want you to go into detail. You know, like before I got started, I guess I had paralysis by analysis, and I'm looking mm. at all people saying, you know, you have to spend thousand dollars, thousands of dollars on Facebook ads, oh. uh, Google ads, and then I sit in front of you, and you're like, a mm dollar -hmm. a day. That's <laughs> right, a dollar a day and one minute video. I was like, wait, wait, what? <laughs> you know, that's why I wrote it yeah. down. I scribbled it down circled it and then you're like yeah dollar a day and then and then the mm -hmm. minute video so i want you to get yeah. into details about yeah. those two things which i think yeah. are if you have a business nowadays even today mm -hmm. you can still stand out for a buck a day yeah yeah and it, it works even better than it did before because the algorithm is so much smarter so here's the deal if you want to run a marathon certainly you could you know put it off and say you until you have the perfect running shoes and until you're, you've lost all the weight that you want to or until you've got the new diet or the new house or the new coach. But couldn't you start by just walking a mile, right? Just walk a mile on the treadmill. Even if oh, I don't have a lot of time to put in a two-hour marathon, whatever kind of workout, fine. Then for the next 15 minutes, just go walk a mile. And so the idea of a dollar a day or one-minute video is it removes barriers to taking action. So you can certainly spend a dollar. Oh, I don't have thousands of dollars to be able to hire an agency and all these people and buy all these tools. Yeah, but do you have a dollar? 
<laughs> can you just skip your Starbucks for one day? Now you have $5, right? I used to call Starbucks like 10 bucks or seven bucks because they're so expensive. But whatever, mm -hmm. you have a dollar and a dollar will ensure that about 150 people will see what you have to say. Now with Dollar Day, which we have a whole course on, we teach how do you use that dollar to make the most power. So I can target people who work for the New York Times. As you saw, we taught in that workshop. That's different than just targeting people in my neighborhood or targeting people that are veterans or targeting people that were in the army or you know whatever it might be. I can target very, very specific audiences for a dollar. I just have to choose the right audience and the right thing to them. So the dollar a day shows that I can reach people, but then what am I going to say to them? Well, the best thing to say is what you can say in one minute. But why one minute? Why not have a one hour long podcast or you know, if this one's 90 minutes or whatever it might be? Mm. Because in a minute, you can tell a story. One moment in time. Not 15 different stories, but most of our friends who have served, they can tell all kinds of stories about how they trained, about friends that are with us or no longer with us, about their family, about their favorite coffee shop. Every one of those things is a one minute story and you keep it to just one minute. So you talk about just one thing. So if you create 10 one minute videos, which may take you 10 minutes or 15 minutes, it takes no time, it's just a minute. If you suck, you just make another one, it only takes a minute. Then you can put it out there to the audience that you wanna reach your potential customers, other people that are in your network, people in your neighborhood. Maybe you're a real estate agent now and you transitioned out and you want to target all the people in Myrtle Beach. Who you can target that. You can target the people who work at the golf course. You can target the people who are golf pros. You can target people who have a master's degree in economics. All of those people you can target, but only one at a time, one group at a time for a dollar a day, one story at a time, which is the one minute video. So dollar a day and one minute video go together like peanut butter and jelly. It works. We've had probably a thousand people now go through that training and it is made for people, even if they're small, even if you're just getting going, even if you have a day job and you want to start the side business, you can make one minute videos about who you are, about your business, about your significant other, about your kids, about some random thing that you reacted to, you saw on the news. And here's what you have to say about that, right? Anything, one moment, one story, one tip, you put it out there for a dollar a day. And just like you are doing, Richard, you have 24,195 followers on LinkedIn. That's a lot of people that could see your content. But if you want to make sure people actually do, then you have to put a little bit of money into the machine. Yeah. Yeah. So now, okay. I Now we're going to take it for instance. I make a, a video on my phone. I have the video. I have a minute video. What do mm -hmm. I do now? Now you're going to post it. You're going to post it on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, TikTok, whatever it might be. Put it on your website, and that's called repurposing. Now, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> I'm choking a little bit. The key, as you mentioned, is making <coughs> – excuse me, I drink some water. you got to make these videos on your phone, and video is more powerful than texting or pictures or whatever. The video encapsulates who you are. So if you take that video that's on your phone – and it's stored inside iCloud or your Google Photos or whatever. You can literally just go, um, go to Twitter and upload it. Go to Facebook and upload it. Right? Go to LinkedIn and upload it. Upload that one-minute video where you're pointing the cell phone at your face and say a little something interesting to get people to watch the video. Do that, and you've already repurposed your content. And then from that post, you can boost it. Now, how do you go about doing that? Do you do it? How explain how you would do that to somebody that's never done it? Well, most people they have heard of boosting posts, mm -hmm. and what they've heard is that it didn't work. Like, oh, yeah, I tried that boosting post thing and it didn't work. It's like saying, oh, yeah, I went to the gym and I worked out really hard for four hours and I don't have six pack apps. Well, you have to do it the right way and you have to set the right expectations. So, first, we have to understand what is it you're trying to do. I imagine there's some way that you want to make money, right? You're selling a product, you're a real estate agent, you have some kind of e-commerce store. So you have one minute videos that are around that thing where you're encouraging them to talk to you. You're encouraging them to your lead magnet. You're encouraging them to jump on a 15 minute call with you. Like what is the thing that is going to make you money? Ideally, it's something that's already been making you money and you're trying to get more. Okay. So dollar a day and one minute video is very good at getting you more of what you already have. So you make one minute videos talking about your you make one minute videos talking about 
you know, why your stuff is better than someone else's. You make one minute videos displaying your knowledge, one minute videos talking about, you know, your values you have from when you grew up, all that kind of stuff. And then the dollar a day is you need to target whoever your ideal customer is. Now, most people fail on this because they don't know who their ideal customer is. So they just try to target the internet or they try to target all the fans of Gary Vaynerchuk. Don't do that. I see that happen all the time. Figure out exactly who those customers are. So if you're a local business, then target people locally, right? Target a five mile radius around your store or around you know, who you serve. If you are doing something national, maybe it's e-commerce or it's lead gen or some kind of product or B2B, then target the people that if they follow so-and-so, then they're probably an ideal customer of yours. So don't choose Gary Vaynerchuk or Grant Cardone or these giant targets. Target people who are niche. Target people who are B-list celebrities. And on Twitter, you can use something called a follower lookalike. And on Facebook, it's called interest targeting. Those people. Just like if you're an up-and-coming band, right, and you do classic rock, then you're going to target the people that listen to, you know, Led Zeppelin or Foreigner, or, you know, whatever it might be, because people who like that band or like Stairway to Heaven might also like the song that you have in that same genre, right? But we're going to do this business level targeting. So who are the other people who are there who are well known in your niche? And people who buy that person's product might buy your product. And it's not a competitor necessarily. It could be complimentary. So let's say that we are selling home loans to veterans. Maybe a lot of veterans don't know that there's a military benefit where the government will help you pay for your home. Well, then I would interview other people who are well-known in the veteranpreneur space or people who have served or people who are smart in the world of finance. And I'd put them on a podcast and then I'd drive them to a line, for example, or I'd drive them to whatever related complimentary product or service, right? You think about who your partners are, interview them. And interview the people who are one level above that, who everyone in the industry looks at. So in the world of mortgage, for example, Barry Habib is a friend of mine. So if you're a mortgage broker, then you follow him. So because we provide services to mortgage brokers and real estate agents, then we have lots of content with the people that they respect. So a dollar a day, I'm going to target fans of the people that my audience respects. So I could target my audience directly, which is called literal targeting, but the smarter way which is Facebook and any kind of social media targeting is target the people that they follow, not the huge, huge lists, but the people who are niche enough that anyone who follows that person is a hardcore follower of a particular industry. And then when you do, you do dollar a day and you create one minute videos that you know will align with that audience, because maybe you even interview the figurehead. So Tom Ferry is the best known person in real estate, right? He's got 400,000 real estate agents that follow him. He's got a show. He's got a huge network, he's got a conference. So we created content together and we'll take that content of Tom and I on video together in Dallas. Cause I flew out to see him. I didn't want to just do it in zoom and cutting up those snippets, putting it out there. So anyone who's a real estate agent, they're going to recognize Tom Ferry. And because we have that association, we can sell related products and services. So if you think about who, you know, what is it that you're selling? Who are the other people that are respected that you can build those connections with? And elevate them, put them on a podcast, just like you're doing, Richard, right? Just like Vertical yeah. Podcast. You're building connections. The connections build trust. The trust allows you to share your knowledge and the recommendations people will follow because we have so many friends in common. So you and I, Richard, you know how many connections we have? Mutual connections we have on LinkedIn? How many? 334. Wow. I know a lot of people that don't even have that many connections, period. Yeah, we have that many mutual connections, so that says a lot. And when, when there's someone that you don't know, so maybe they know you, Richard, but they don't know who I am. And then they look me up on LinkedIn and they see that we have 200 mutual friends or something like that. What does that do for trust? Yeah, it just, it builds, you know, it builds trust. And uh, for, and for, like I said, you know, we're going to, we were going to talk about this, but now you talk about it, you know, everything is about building relationships mm -hmm. and trust. You know, like I said, and I wrote, yep. I'd put post on fate on veteranpreneur tribe if i put up yep. you know if i get in touch with somebody there's a 95 percent chance that they're gonna get they're gonna open my mail mm -hmm. and respond because i'm not trying to sell anything right I'm just 
get to know them and hopefully add value to their life and their business, you know? Exactly. So I think most of us understand that. And everyone listening now, you guys understand that conceptually, relationship, just like in your heart, you understand building connection and trust and standing for something. Now, let me tell you that that very same thing that you understand, we're shifting in the digital. So nothing's actually different. All digital does is expose that you have these mutual connections, expose that you have mutual interests, expose that there's content that if, you know, like on Amazon, if you like this movie, you might like that movie. If you bought this product, you might like that product. Like that's, that's what the algorithm does. So when we create these one minute videos and we put them out there for a dollar a day, now we're letting the algorithm make connections for us. So think of like Facebook's algorithm or Twitter's or, or LinkedIn's algorithm. It's like this super intelligent networker, right? Think of it as like the Oracle from the matrix, right? Where she's connecting people together. That's how I think about it. But the difference is that we have to pay for the networker to do the work for us, right? Yeah. And, you know, I think a lo- I find now, like I said, now I've had over 360 interviews. You know, I find that people that because uh, I'm still learning, obviously, um, I realized I didn't know what I didn't know. So I hired somebody that knew, you know, mm-hmm. so I hired a graphics designer, logo designer. But I didn't realize that each platform has its own rules and its own algorithm yeah. that a lot of people are fighting against the algorithm instead of running with it. They'll try to post the same one thing on 10 different platforms and realize yeah. they're not getting any reach at all because they're fighting yeah. against the algorithm. So can you talk about that a little bit? Well, so there's what you said is true. However, I'd add one nuance to it. The biggest issue that people have is not that they're fighting the algorithm. It's that their content is not even there to begin with, right? If you're not even there on YouTube and Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and LinkedIn and whatnot, it doesn't even matter. You can't even lose because you're not even there, right? Or you can't win because, you know, whatever. So the, the important thing first is just to make sure the content is even there. And so we call that repurposing. So you make that one minute video and fine, even if you don't edit it, you post it to LinkedIn and Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and whatever it is, at least it's there. And with things like Google, there's not for anyone, anybody who's a professional SEO in the audience, you might want to argue about duplicate content penalties and things like that. But I'm telling you, just get the content out there. And then once you have an audience, once you have lots of people, once you have, you know, a lot of subscribers and you have 300 plus episodes, like you said, then worry about fine tuning, right? Which is, yes, there are some differences. And like Twitter, for example, news is good for maybe 15 minutes to, to an hour, right? Facebook stuff lasts eight hours to a day. YouTube forever. LinkedIn, maybe three days or four days, right? Because there's just a different time frequency for each network. And also on LinkedIn, engagement is worth more than the other networks, Yeah. especially when it comes to comments, for some reason on comments, because it drives more notifications. On Facebook, shares are worth way, way more. Facebook really likes shares. A share is worth 13 times as much as a like and worth twice as much as a comment. On TikTok, it's about video views and dwell time. Because TikTok's algorithm looks at how long people spend on the video, especially if they replay the same thing multiple times. And they use that to determine what else to share to people. So it's that behavior as opposed to Facebook, for example, which looks at what your friends are doing. And they're trying to show you things related to what friends are doing instead of what is most popular overall on the Internet. So there are differences in these channels. Yeah, YouTube, you want longer form content. Even though YouTube has YouTube Shorts, so one-minute videos that we do on Facebook actually will work on Twitter, or, um, work on YouTube now, uh, on YouTube Shorts. But the main thing is just get it out there, even if it's duplicating the content everywhere. And then once you're making money, once you have, you know, ten thousand visits a month to your website, then I'd say worry about making channel-specific content. I see a lot of people trying to make channel-specific content when they have no audience, and it takes them a lot of extra effort that's not even worth it because they're doing it prematurely. I love it. Now, a lot of times, you know, like I do a video every day um, because of you, because of you, it's all your fault. Um, but I do video every day. And I find that if I'm out, you know, because I do my walk, I do my cardio, mm-hmm. every, I'm listening to my, right. my, my, but if I'm out and I do a video and I'm walking and, and there's movement, it gets a lot more eyes and, and views 
than if I do it from sitting at my desk. Yeah, it's more interesting. And because you're out walking about, your brain is working because you're getting oxygen to the brain, you're outside. It's just more dynamic than sitting at a table recording something. It's good for them and it's good for you when you're outside. Yep. And one thing I learned from you, and, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I haven't done it yet, so I've been dragging my feet for three years. Mm. But one thing you talked about was, you know, a lot of people can't afford to have an influencer hold up their can of soda or whatever. Right. But you can get somebody on Cameo for like a hundred bucks. Oh, yeah. To, to promote your brand. So talk to us a little bit about that. And I thought that was one mm -hmm. of the that I was really. I was mm -hmm. in shock and I did the, and I went home and I did the research and I'm yeah. like, well, I get some A-list stars or sometimes yeah. 100, 200 yeah. bucks to talk about your, your yeah. well, Cameo is great. And there's a lot of knockoffs to Cameo, as you can mm -hmm. imagine. Yeah. Right? Anytime something happens, people copycat it. And Cameo's rules do not allow for an influencer to promote unless it's in a business category and all this and that. So what you do, I mean, there, there's an exception to that, which I don't want to talk about, but just generally what yeah. you do is you ask that influencer some kind of question about, you know, what advice do you have for, let's say we're selling software for entrepreneurs. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs? What advice do you have for people who they're, you know, retail businesses? Let's say that we sell equipment to uh, commercial equipment to pizza manufacturers. I don't know. I'm just making up something that's boring, right? That people would think, oh, that won't work on social media. Then I would ask one of these influencers, hey, you know, what advice do you have for pizza stores that are shut down because of COVID. Like how do they get more customers and what should they be doing? And, you know, so we're always asking questions that are related to what our product and service is. And then what will happen is when they make that cameo, they'll say, Hey, Richard, thanks so much for your question. So the answer to your question is blah, 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 blah. Oh, and Richard, thanks so much for asking this question. Let's help pizza store owners everywhere be able to, you know, get more delivery and takeout or whatever it might be. They're always going to say something positive around that and acknowledge who you are. So if you use Cameo and you say who you are and you mention the name of your community, you can say, you know, we're here to help people make comebacks, right? Or this is vertical momentum or whatever it might be. You're going to get a shout out from that person on Cameo, which you then are able to boost. So you don't want to do a direct, you know, hold up the can of Coke and this one tastes better and it has less calories or whatever. Yeah, That is just obviously shilling. That'll work if you're George Foreman and you have a grill or, you know, LeBron James is promoting the Kia. Do you think LeBron James drives a Kia or do you think he was paid to drive the Kia in the commercial? Come on, right? Yeah. People are too smart for that. So what you do is you ask these influencers, these questions on how do you do something or what advice do you have or give us some encouragement of people who are in this particular situation and they love doing that because it doesn't mean they're selling out even better than cameo cameo is a lot of fun i've bought hundreds of things on cameo and some of them like five hundred dollars and some of them like three dollars even better than cameo is your existing friends and fans your existing customers your employees the people that work with you the people that support you and those are the people who know your product so my friend, Glenn Vo, he's a dentist in Dallas, and he has a very successful practice. And so he's collecting videos from his staff, from the front office, from these dental practitioners, the people that take the x-ray. He's telling stories of these kids where they were in pain or they got in a car accident, and then they had he had to re rebuild their mouth or what, you know, crazy surgery or you know, someone so-and-so wasn't able to breathe properly, but now because of this, or now they have straight teeth, and now he's telling all these stories and making them look good. What do you think, Richard, about the difference between having an actual customer that knows who you are, that actually uses your products and services, versus just some random celebrity, like you get Floyd Mayweather for half a million dollars to say, hey, this is a product you should check out. What do you think carries more weight? Oh, it's definitely um, your friends, family, and people that you associate with. Yeah, and you got to collect one-minute videos with them. But how many of the – if think about the local businesses that you go to. Maybe there's a restaurant you go to. Maybe you get your hair cut at a certain place. Like think about all the local businesses that we go to, right? What percent of them do you think are making one-minute videos featuring and highlighting their customers and their staff? 0.1%. If that, yeah, it's almost zero, basically. So don't you think that makes a difference? So when you do a Google and you say, you know, 
best kid's haircut or personal injury attorney or emergency plumber to fix my broken toilet that's overflowing or something like that, right? You know, people go to Google to search for things. The ones who have made these one minute videos instantly rise to the top. Isn't that crazy? And so people think, oh, well, the reason why you're doing so well is because, you know, you have Dennis working on your stuff and he, you know, worked at Yahoo and has whatever. Do you think it's because like I was working on it or do you think it's because we were able to help them make their one minute videos and by doing that, they fed the system what was necessary to be able to rank and get traffic? Yeah, and I love it. You know, like one of my friends, Patrick Burt, he's in a group, you know, he does all SEOs. And if you're not on the first page of Google, you're not on Google. You're never going to be found. Exactly. Now I got a question. This is going to be, this is kind of personal. Um, Cause mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very, I'm very much into it. I just interviewed a gentleman named John McCaskill. He's a retired mm-hmm. Navy SEAL commander. And he talks about um, how your evening rituals and date and morning rituals make the rest of your day. Mm-hmm. And I know you're so busy. I know you've done 730 talks. So what are your evening rituals and morning rituals for success what do you do i don't have a lot of rituals i start with just one thing gratitude i think about how awesome it is to be hanging out with richard kaufman in washington dc at the mike conference or how i was in dallas yesterday enjoying some sushi at this new restaurant that opened up and how awesome it was and i start i start with gratitude and i end with gratitude and i try to carry that gratitude all along. And I find this is going to sound kind of spiritual, but I find that make videos with gratitude. They just seem to do better. I don't know. Maybe people pick up on your vibe. Maybe people, maybe you just make better content. Maybe it's because when you have gratitude, you can't have fear, but just an hour ago, a, a group of seven mastermind influencers. And these are all New York times, bestseller, really well-known people that are way above me. I can't believe I'm in this group, but somebody invited me. So I'm not going to say no to that. And I was teaching them how to build influence and teaching them how to use the video camera in the way that I do and using the cell phone as a video camera. And all of them were giving me such positive feedback over these techniques and how to hire a virtual assistant for $500 a month. I was showing them how to do that. Right. And easy. We've done. And it's just, it felt so awesome because I was able to actually teach something to these guys who are super successful, right? To be be able to hang out with these guys and provide value to them and then have them say, wow, this is incredible. You know, I haven't seen stuff like this before, even though you figured there's, it's very, you know, there's not a lot of stuff you can say to people who are world-class in marketing that they haven't heard before. So that just made me feel really good. And just coming into our podcast, I'm feeling great because of that, right? So in terms of rituals, I mean, you know, we could do the meditation and the prayer and the exercise and drinking hot water and like all that kind of stuff. And those are all good things. But I, for me, and you know, everyone's going to have a different thing that works for them. But for me, gratitude kind of just flavors. If you start with gratitude, the whole day is just good. And there's some days where I don't do that because I woke up late because I got to catch this flight at 5 a.m. And I don't feel like, you know, I just, I didn't sleep enough, you know. And I find that when I start the day with a sour mood, which means I don't have gratitude, then things just tend to not go my way, if that makes sense, right? Oh, it makes it's like a sour attitude just multiple just snowballs into other stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, since I went through my health scares, you know, every morning that I wake up and my eyes open, I, I have a, mm. nothing but gratitude, thanking the Lord yeah. for giving me another day. So talk Amen. to us a little bit about Blitz Metrics. And talk to us about the youth, because, you know, I got I got a a 19 year old son. I got a 17, 16 year old son and I got a nine year old daughter and they're all coming up now. They're all getting iPhones, iPads. So talk to us about what your thoughts are and what you're doing to help the youth in, in our country today. Man, it is tough to be a young adult today, because unlike what you and I grew up in, Richard, where you just had one identity. Now, all these young adults have two identities. There's who they really are, and then there's this social media presence they have to maintain. And thus, trying to live two jobs or trying to you know maintain two personalities, I think, makes a lot of people schizophrenic. And it causes people to be depressed because on Instagram, they see this whole thing. And you saw the study that came out last week where 
Facebook had this research that got leaked that's saying Instagram's number one cause of depression and this kind of thing among young adults. I get that, right? Of course, they tried to suppress it and PR spin it, spin it into something else. But it, it's a real issue because young adults, they – I'm stereotyping here, but it's generally true. Their sense of worth is based on a requirement that they are worthy of – being known and having followers or check marks. It's like this high school cafeteria thing, but extended to the infinity. And they see the issues with the world and the fear. And going to school seems like a never ending thing that doesn't necessarily result in some sort of clear outcome, like a real job. That's tough. So my friends like Jake Paul have said, you know, let's create a movement. Let's start something that allows the young adults to be able to get training that leads to real jobs. So it's on the job trainings. And I'm not saying that college is a scam or things like that. I think it's just a little bit overpriced and it needs some adjustment, but let's all of us who are professionals, let's get together with other organizations that have any of these universities or Jake Paul's financial freedom movement program, Fiverr, Upwork or onlinejobs.ph, all of these communities of people that need training and need work. And let's train them and give them jobs at the same time, because then we're able to grow our business by hiring apprentices and people that are loyal and are willing to do things the right way because they got certified in that training. And we're able to create jobs at the same time. And that makes everybody look good. And the more successful we are, the more people we're going to hire. So my life's mission is to create a million jobs, right? A million good jobs through digital marketing, through these partners, we're just so fortunate to have training with GoDaddy and Fiverr and Instagram and TikTok and all these other companies want to get behind this. This morning I had a call with the head of influencer marketing, Duda, which is a huge website building platform. And we're doing training on how to do e-commerce, right? If you want to set up a Shopify store or sell products or whatever it might be, here's how you do it. And we're interviewing other people that have done it, that have taken it from nothing to seven figures. And the more we can elevate these other people where we're having them share exactly how they did it. So you can follow the recipe, the more people, more people can follow in their footsteps. And <clears throat> thus, I, I guess technically, you know, I'm, I'm a business and all the people in our company are in a business, but every dollar we give back, every dollar we make goes back into training, into creating jobs, into if people don't have money, right? The training's for free. This is, this is not like, Okay, you know, of the profit that we make, we'll give 1% back to the community. No, this is this is the core of what we actually do. It's not, you know, helping and giving back is not some afterthought. It's the core of what we do. And you saw a military influencer conference that I flew out two people that are very successful at my own expense to be able to share their story on how to get big on TikTok and Instagram, right? You saw the Adams. And then Kieran O'Brien has a seven-figure agency where he decided he wanted to serve automotive. So you have these auto repair shops. So these auto marketing services to drive more leads and more repairs to auto repair shops. And now he has something like 50 or 60 clients that are paying $1,500 to $2,000 a month for digital marketing services. And now he's employing a bunch of people. Last I checked, he has a dozen people on his team, which is great, right? But if, if people at Military Influencer Conference don't know about that, they're not going to learn how to start an agency or how to create content using your cell phone on video or any of these things. We need to get the people who have expert knowledge, not the people who just, you know, say, Hey, I'm going to sell you some kind of program. And they don't, they make their money off of courses instead of actually doing the thing, but the people who actually do the thing, let's have them teach, right? They're all super busy already, but they can spare an extra half hour, hour to be able to teach. Right. And let's get all that together so that there's a real certification. So Richard, you know how, you go to doctor, for example, right? You had your health scare and yep. you know, those doctors are all certified because they had to, you know, to become a doctor, right? You, you have to go to medical school and all that, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just watch YouTube videos and then just decide you're going to be a doctor, right? <laughs> and same thing for being a pilot, right? You have to go to flight school. You can't just play Microsoft flight simulator and say, yeah, I've been playing flight simulator. I think I'm ready to pilot a 747, right? Maybe not. So in the world of digital marketing, why isn't there that same level of rigor? Like if you want to be an attorney, you have to pass the bar before you can practice law, right? Yeah. So where does that exist right now for digital marketing? Where is there a legitimate credential? There's not, there really isn't. And a lot of, a lot of people that do do it, you know, a lot of it's, let me show you how to make a million dollars and I'll become a uh, million. 
selling by selling a million courses for a dollar. Yeah. You want to know the, the fastest way to make money online is to teach courses selling other people on how they can make money online. Yeah. So how did you get involved with military influencer? I have a lot of friends in the military and they've invited me to speak. And I find that the content that does the best in social media is passion driven. So arts, entertainment, veteran related stories, media, singing, you know, those kinds of things do the best. And thus we find that just accidentally, this is not me being a genius. This just sort of happened accidentally. The vetrepreneurs become a compelling story based on their own experience, have an advantage over other entrepreneurs, because what is more powerful than being in combat, having your life on the line, connecting with other veterans, which is the ultimate fraternity. Holy moly, right? Seven years ago, we took on the United States Concealed Carry Association as a client. So for people who are, you know, they have guns, they know who that, they, they know who that is. And we took them from $6 million a year in revenue to $60 million by running Facebook ads and by doing what we're talking about, dollar a day, one minute video. Of course, we weren't spending just a dollar a day. We had hundreds, if not thousands of different ads, lots of stories. And, you know, vets love to tell their stories. And I find that they are some of the best storytellers if we can just convince them to tell their story on camera and not freeze up on camera. So uh, there's Omari Brasari, who is in, he's also a vetrepreneur, Brasari, yep. Omari. Yep. He, you know him. He is, yep. yeah, he's a vetrepreneur and you know, he's a great digital marketer and he's in the Digital Marketer Certified Program. And he wanted to learn more about how to do digital marketing and Facebook and all that. So he came with me to a, a tour of Facebook and he'd never been to Facebook before. He'd run Facebook ads before, right? He's pretty good at it, but he'd never been to Facebook. So I took him to Facebook and we met a bunch of people there and we ate their barbecue, which is great because they provide free food, which is amazing. I think that's why they keep their employees there. They call it the Facebook 15. And the first year you gain 15 pounds there's so much free food and it's so good. And you just go there anytime. They have ice creams and chefs and like all kinds of stuff. And it was just eye-opening because when we were with Facebook, questions, you know, in meetings and going to conference rooms and over food about, hey, what are some of the new products? And hey, what, what should we be looking out for? And here's some of the new tests that we're working with. We met product managers. We met marketing people. And afterwards, Omari said, wow, what an incredible experience. Like there's no way if I was just on the internet watching YouTube videos about how to make Facebook ads, I would have never have known, right? What an incredible event, like just to be up close talking with people at Facebook. What a just like, how, how is, I asked him, so how does that change your approach to running your digital agencies? Like, well, completely. There's all the stuff I didn't even know about that. I didn't even know that I didn't know. And mm -hmm. I said, great. Now, teach that to other people because not everyone is going to be able to go to Facebook's headquarters and meet a bunch of their people and see what it's actually like and learn what are some of the things you need to do to be successful in Facebook marketing. And when we were there, we talked about one minute videos and then 15 second videos, which were necessary for Instagram stories, which now TikTok, Snapchat, you know, you 15 second stories. And we started practicing how to make short little videos. And I kid you not, I have proof on my phone if you want to see it. I had Omari practice to make videos about who he is, talking about his values, talking about his stories, talking about why he's a digital marketer. And it must have taken him 17 attempts to get one good shot because he would start talking, then he'd fumble, and then we have to start over. And then he wouldn't say the words or they'd forget one thing. We'd have to say that again. And then, so it just becomes, and this is somebody who does digital marketing for a living, right? And he's in the vetrepreneur space. Yet, even if Omari is struggling, how likely is it that other vetrepreneurs are going to be able to get it right the first time? Yeah, and it's a different mindset because, like, when I was in, in I was running a million dollar a year general nutrition center, and I had the opportunity to go to one of the, the world's largest manufacturer of supplements. Mm -hmm. And they actually took me in the back room 
and they, they took me there and they were saying, you know, we're doing a million dollars a day. Mm. It kind of changes your whole outlook that there's a bigger world out there than you're just that little store that I'm in. Uh-huh. So I think that's what you're talking about. It, it yeah. expanded his whole world because most people just think of Facebook as an app, but you brought him into an actual wow. building where it's a thing, yeah. you know, it's a real thing. It's like, it's like going to the Mecca, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. It just opens your mind and you think, wow, there are 50,000 people now that work at Facebook. What do all those people do? Yeah. Look at how you have no idea how big that company is. They don't want people to know how big they are, but you know, like Apple and Microsoft and Amazon and Facebook and Google, did you know, those companies are all almost $2 trillion each. Yep. And, and so yeah. now making a million dollars is not really that big of a deal because most people in their mind, they have this limiting belief that, oh, I can just get to a million. There are companies making billions and trillions. So a million is not some like one in a million lottery ticket sort of thing, right? Yeah. Like your little, your little e-com thing, right, with supplements. Like initially, maybe you think if you're new to e-com, you're like, oh, yeah. I did a million gross. Dude, that's nothing, right? I mean, don't mean to piss on your parade, but it's nothing. Strive yeah. for bigger, right? Go for a million in profit, not a million in gross, right? Yeah. So now talk to us the last couple of questions. I know you've got a very busy, busy night ahead of you. Um, how do we find you? How can we support your mission? Because for me, I'm always about paying it forward. How, how can we support your mission? And what do you have going on now? We're building connections with figureheads in areas of supply and demand. So all the businesses, right? There's figureheads and I love viewing them and sharing with their community. And then all the organizations that have groups of young adults, it could be universities, it could be onlinejobs.ph. But all of it is to bring the workers and the clients together into this network, like the Uber of marketing, if you will, to create a million jobs, right? Everything's around creating a million jobs by skilling up people who can do good work that are measurable, and thus, the best way to do it is practice what we preach. So we spent all this time together. Thank you, Richard. Thank you, everybody. And I hope that this gives you a spark to create a one-minute video. And so the best way to do that is pick up your cell phone right now, make a one-minute video about something that you've learned or about your story or about how you came to this podcast, right, or why you're a vetrepreneur or how you've made a comeback or honoring somebody else. Right? If, if you don't know what to say, start with gratitude for. Talk about what you're grateful for. It could be that you really like, you know, chicken fingers at Zaxby's. That's fine. It doesn't have to be some earth shattering kind of thing. But the best way to pay it forward and to grow your business is to practice what we preach. So literally make a one minute video, post it on Facebook or LinkedIn, and that will encourage other people to do that because now you're in the 0.1% of people that actually are doing it. And it's not hard to do and it costs you nothing. I love it. So my last question I ask everybody, I love asking it because I get ask a thousand different people. I get a thousand different answers. And obviously, we're living in a COVID world. I see a lot of stuff yeah. being changed and shut down I, in New Jersey. Yeah. Crazy. And we have a lot of parents that are driving for Uber, DoorDash, just trying oh, to yeah. put food in their kids' mouths. So if, yeah. if I ask the average American to do something in seven days, they're never going to get to it. But if I right. ask that's listening to this right now to take an actionable step in the next 24 hours, they're more likely. So mm -hmm. if there is struggling with their business, struggling with getting their face and their name out there, what is something they can do in the next 24 hours to start to get some help and some notoriety on their business? This is something that they can do in the next 60 seconds which is call up a customer and tell them how grateful you are for them, right? Call up your significant other and tell them that, or go leave a recommendation on LinkedIn. Do some kind of thank you. There's so many different ways to say thank you. Richard, how many times have you said thank you in the last 24 hours? Oh, I, I can't even count. I, I do it all the time. My DMs, I blow up all my friends' DMs to let them know that they're loved and appreciated. Yeah. Yeah, and there's just a this whole COVID and fear and all the shutdown. That I mean, there's an economic damage, but there's an emotional damage and a spiritual damage that comes from this drought of love, right? Thank you to somebody 
And the best way to do it is make a one minute video. So instead of replying to that text message with words, instead of replying to that Facebook message with words, hit that little camera icon and reply with the one minute video and watch what happens. Because a lot of people don't know what happens. What happens is they're likely to reply with the video too. And it just feels so awesome. And now you've got, if you're struggling and you're trying to grow your business, you're trying to become better aware, when you make one minute videos honoring other people, people are gonna to start to know who you are and they're gonna see that you have a mindset of abundance and they're more likely to wanna to buy from you because they're more likely to know, like, and trust you. And then that starts the wheel turning where other people will say good things about you. Like you can Google my name, you can see all these things that people say about me because I'm always doing my best to try to create value for them and vice versa, right? And that's, that's the thing you wanna get started. You don't wanna be focusing on cold calling and spending money on ads necessarily, right? How do you build connections? You build it by saying thank you first. I love it. So what is your website that people can go to right now and check you out? They can go to blitzmetrics.com. B-L-I-T-Z-M-E-T-R-I-C-S. But better, go to your favorite network. You want to go to LinkedIn or Twitter or whatever it is, find me there. Go to YouTube. I got a ton of stuff there. I'd love to connect with you guys. I'd love to see your one-minute videos. Tag me in those videos. And you know what? I'm going to do something special. If somebody makes a one-minute video and tags me and you in it, I'm going to promote their business and have them come on on the podcast and promote their business. Wow. Every, how does that sound? And I'll make an offer too. So whether you're listening today or at some point in the future or whatever it might be, if you make a tweet and you tag Richard and me, I'll retweet you. Wow. I have 70,000 followers and a blue check mark. Now, what is a blue check Because I was going to, my, my wife wanted to know, and I had no no question. What is a blue check mark? A blue check mark means you're verified. So it is for celebrities or people or brands where there's a high probability of impersonation or what Twitter both call being notable. So you have to be notable. Notable means that you know you've been featured in major media like the Wall Street Journal or you are somebody of significance to some degree. And a lot of people think that it's necessary to have a blue check mark on Instagram or Facebook or whatever. It's it's a nice thing to have, but Actually, it's more of a nuisance because it just causes people to ask you if you can get them a blue check mark. <laughs> I just wanted to know. Dennis, brother, yeah. I'm so grateful for you. And you did, you have changed my life. And I just wanted to say that was probably one of the best hours of my life. And I just want to say thank you for everything you've done for me. Thank you so much, Richard. That means everything to me. You just made my day. I appreciate you. Well, have a blessed day and God bless you and have an amazing week. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hey, guys. It's me, the Comeback Coach. Guys, I just want to tell you about a person in my life that is truly, truly amazing. And she's actually changing the world one house, one home at a time. Her name is Tammy Moses of The Hoarding Solution. She's the founder and chief encouragement officer of Homes Are For a Living, The Hoarding Solution, which is a veteran-owned and operated business. Tammy provides virtual consultations and workshops on the issues of hoarding. She believes in inspiring others to take their adversity and use it for the greater good. She is the voice of AKOPTH, adult kids of parents that hoard. She is also a voice and advocate for our of for YLITH, Youths Living in the Horde. You can connect with Tammy at homesareforliving at gmail.com and on Facebook at Instagram at the Hoarding Solution. So guys, if you know anybody that's struggling with any kind of hoarding issue, please reach out to Tammy. She has a heart of service and she truly cares about people. All right, guys, remember vertical momentum. The only way to go is but up. Hey, guys, if you're enjoying our show, if you love what we're doing, if you would like to support us, we have a whole bunch of great stuff coming out. We have a brand new t-shirt line that's coming out. Hats, coffee mugs, any kind of swag that lets your friends know that you support vertical momentum and you're always looking to get better also we have our new coffee brand 
coming out. It's called Vertical Momentum Coffee. It's ass kicking coffee, and and it will it will get you moving in the morning. So, guys, if you're interested, go to www.richardkaufman.net. Check us out. Leave us a note. Tell us what you'd like, and we'll actually send it to you. The new website is being built. So if you guys want to, our book is out there on Amazon. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. Definitely check it out. It talks about my story, but it also talks about how to survive depression, how to survive addiction. All right, guys, I love you. Thank you so much for always supporting our mission, which is to save lives. Thank you for joining us today. Please hit subscribe and share. Please feel free to leave us a comment.